Hey everyone, Wilmgard here with Mini. Hey guys. This is the FFB podcast, back again for another week of hot, spicy action. Yeah, every week is spicy on the podcast. Speaking of spicy action, the washing machine's on, so it might be in the background. That's hilarious. Do you want to postpone this? Nah, it's fine. You can just leave it in. There's there, We have some fans that enjoy the, some listeners that enjoy the washing machine sound. That's fair, we do. All right, well, this week, we got a lot going on, a lot of free stuff coming in with the new spring season. Let's just get into some of the free stuff. We got the Vault of Hidden Treasures coming in. I forgot that we're supposed to talk about our day in review. I'm an idiot. So, Minnie, what have you been up to this week? It's actually been an eventful week, so to speak. I farmed the the event, the King Mog. It actually went really well for me. I think I've picked up almost everything I wanted I went in one time with 300,000 currency, just scooped it all up. My free ticket ended up being really good. I think I got an Orin from it, which is wow. nice. I mean, it's only one, right? So I'm, I can't actually use him yet, but... Well, you can always UOC him in the future, theoretically. Yeah, theoretically. I feel like those bonus demons were just so abundant this time around. It was crazy. I just got so much currency. I don't know what to do with it. See, that's so funny because my experience was the total opposite. You got nothing? I got barely any. It took me like the first four days of it. I didn't see a single bonus unit. Oof. It's only recently that I've seen a few of them and I'm like, I'm just scraping by. I just cleared out like the event exclusive stuff and the obviously the tickets. I'm now trying to collect up like trust moogles and um some of the other uh nice things like the cactuars and whatnot that i want so it's been it's been a grind yeah i'm i'm still collecting those as well but that was me during you know the one event where i pulled one dark knight lunith i actually got barely any bonus units on that event it took me forever to farm that out sometimes you just get super unlucky you know yeah i know all about that there are times where you get you're you're the uh two rainbow Chomp and I'm the nine rainbow Chad. Fuck, I fucked that up. That's all right. <laughs> Keep it in. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I mean. Yeah, some people get all the rainbows and some people get a Delita and some phase. Actually, I, an update on that banner. I did do some pulls afterwards. And? And I did get one Ellie. So I immediately oh. UOC'd Ellie, not with the actual USC tickets, but with the Xeno Gears ones. Yeah, of course. So I do have a seven star Ellie and then three phase. So it's okay. It could have been worse. I did get a little bit lucky off air. That's really impressive. I'm I'm surprised you actually managed to get it. I thought your luck was just gonna plummet. Yeah, me too, but I was like, you know what, I have a ton of tickets saved up. I'm just gonna try at least get a decent because I really wanted her for her magical damage all of my magic damage units are way way old and just they don't do the damage they need to anymore yeah that's fair i was about to ask you why you didn't go for high seraph ultima but i guess probably because of the guaranteed on banner with the xenogears banner yeah it's a lot more likely to that you're gonna get the unit you want i guess what else happened for you this week anything else going on Uh, in ffbe world i don't think so it was mostly farming just grinding, grinding, grinding. What about you? Yeah, it's been the same. I have been really diligent, oddly enough, with the daily stuff that you got to do. So the arena and doing 10 of those, for example, as well as my raid orbs. I've been doing the raid orbs pretty steadily. So I have a crazy amount of coins that I have to summon up in the raid. So not looking forward to that inventory management, but definitely looking forward to all the benefits of those cactuars and all the money. And remember that not to fuse your three and four star, like your Ricos and your Emeraldas yet, because if you get their, them to 100% with the Trust Moogles from the Raid Summon, you can sell them to the coin shop instead of fusing them all into one. And then once you're done all your summons, you can actually fuse the rest of them into one unit and see what what else you'll end up with. I think there are rumors that Xenogears will get uh, round two. I don't know if it'll be the same units, though. I think it's more like a part two with some different units, I think. But we'll see what happens. From what I've heard, it's going to be different units. So I'm still going to keep them because one day I will put them through the trust expedition eventually once I get down there. 
yeah, I'm keeping all of them. Hopefully, I'm going to make a crap load of trust coins off of this. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, it'll be nice. Other than that, nothing really. Just grinding away. It's been a tough week. Lots to do. With that, I think it's about time we moved on to the main show. All right, what are we going to talk about today? Today, we've got tons of free stuff from the spring event. We have a new banner coming in, Axstar being delayed, and a new trial. And don't forget the little pet dragon in uh, collab with How to Train Your Dragon. We're getting one of those baby dragons coming up. you got to march up to it and tame it. All right, let's get into it. Let's do it. So the first thing we'll talk about is the Vault of Hidden Treasures. This is a once a day thing happening only on the weekends for the duration of April. And basically you'll get free pots, free uh, cactuars, and free, what are they called, gill snappers. It's a nice little thing to do because it only costs five energy. You get nice chunk of stuff out of it. No reason not to do them. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you can't say no to free King Metal Minotaurs. So experience is a necessity for everybody. And overlapping with the Vault of Hidden Treasures, the exact same days, we're also going to have a free daily summon. And every summon will also get you a unit-specific three-star trust moogle. So you can't really decide which one you get. But at the same time, if you've been playing for a while, you probably have a ton of stray units. Chances are you will be able to use it, whatever one you do get. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this free daily summon because I like getting those free Moogles. And I've had many rainbows come down in the past from these types of summons. So you never know what kind of luck you're going to have, right? True. You don't know unless you try. And it's free to try, so you might as freaking well. Next. As we mentioned, there's a spring event. These two past things are kind of in collaboration with that or in timing with that. But we also have a new banner with Chaz a five-star guaranteed summon. So it's a nine plus two banner. And for 5K Lapis, you're guaranteed to get at least one five-star unit, as well as a Trust Moogle and a maxed out, 10 maxed out King Metal Minotaurs. So... A lot of free stuff in here. If you're willing to spend the 5k lapis. You know, it does sound tempting. And I was tempted once by the sweet whispers of this step up. It's not even a step up. It's a 5k summon. I was tempted by it. And you know what I got? I got got my lapis deleted. So just take that for what it is. If you want (laughs) to, if you're planning on pulling on this. That is fair. You might get a delita, but you might also get something that's actually good. So you never know. Also, all as always, take these banners with a grain of salt. You never know when the next unit that you're looking forward to is going to be uh, on the horizon. So if you're kind of tight for Lapis, it might be a good idea to continue saving in anticipation for that next unit that you can kind of expect. Things like Axstar or uh, some of the newer CG units that have been tutting about or on social media and stuff like that. Moving on from Summon Heaven Spring, we're going into a new trial. And as I mentioned last week, tons of new trials coming out. This one is kind of a redo of an old trial. So it's called Scorn of the Beasts of the Dark. And you're getting Dark Ifrit and Dark Siren again, but it's kind of the high difficulty version. Yeah, it looks like this one is really going to put you through your paces. They do have a five-star select summon ticket as one of the rewards, which is pretty rare to see on these and then also the the reward for clearing it is actually a really really good claw which i'm surprised by i could not believe how strong that claw actually was when i looked at it the downside though so the funny thing is we get trials with these amazing fist weapons so we had a guy on arm and now we have this it's just really really good but then we get we don't get any units to use them on <laughs> like the the best <laughs> what do you mean you user... just got you just got fey the best fist user is still Tifa. <laughs> She's actually better than Faye. Yeah, I guess unless you really need dark damage, and then Faye is actually better. But there really just aren't any units that work really, really well with fists that kind of blow people out of the water. So that's the downside. It is an amazing weapon, but it's kind of lacking. It's still waiting for a worthy owner. That is very true. 
We haven't had a good Pudgilist style unit in a very long time, like you said, since Tifa. And even Tifa doesn't compare to most of the physical DPS units that we have at the top of the meta. Well, she was great when she came out, right? But it's been a while now. Yeah, of course. Overall, this fist is probably one of the strongest ones we have in the game. Yeah, for sure. Like 173 attack, that's STMR level attack power. Plus that uh, 75% increased damage against aquatics. Pretty fantastic overall. Really, really strong. It's nice to see something significant coming out of some of the really hard trials because just at a quick glance of this trial and remembering back to when I first did this, it's going to be really freaking hard. Yeah, I imagine. I remember struggling with the original version two months and months ago. So looking forward to trying the, the tougher one. Yeah, it's going to be fun. But you know what won't be tough? Uh, watching Kite beat that on day one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was actually referring to the other supposedly challenging uh, mission we that released this week as well. The March. March on Tiamat. Yeah. <laughs> it's more like stroll over to Tiamat, pet him, and then take all of his shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I did this today, and the challenging part was not to kill him or her. I can't tell from the picture, but not to kill Tiamat without using a limit burst. So it actually took me four turns because first what happened was I attacked regularly, and then I realized my units did a ton of damage. And then Tiamat attacked my units, and I had some units that countered. So they countered and brought it down to 28%. And then turn two hit, and I was panicking, because none of them had anything close to their limit bursts. So I had to defend with everybody, use my tank to physical cover so that the other units would stop countering, and then just had to attack with my healer. <laughs> Yep. It was painful. One thing you could have done, and I don't know if you did this, is use Lauren's cooldown ability for that increased limit burst fill rate. It fills insanely fast. I did. And I had Ace in there as well. And Lauren's goes up pretty quick too, but Ace is really fast to get it up. It still took me four turns. Maybe I just had an unlucky distribution for them. but Yeah, maybe. It was, it was hard getting that limit burst out. That was a real challenge. It really was. I mean, I heard on Twitter some people going in there, they're like, "Let's." I'm just going to test the damage, see how I do. And they one-shot it in turn one. They're like, oh, crap, oops. I mean, if you actually used two chainers and you properly chained them on turn one, you would have one-shot it for sure. I, I don't know. It's, But I mean, it's it's not bad. It's It makes it accessible to a lot of players, which is nice. And the actual reward for clearing it, the Whale Whisker, is not that amazing outside of maybe lb gauge focused builds the actual mag it gives you is nothing special so i could see that maybe this was geared more towards uh everybody rather than just actual difficult content definitely and if you think back to collaboration events typically they do bring the easier trials collaborating here with final fantasy well not collaborating but the final fantasy tactics events it's technically a collab. Other Final Fantasies will have easier uh, trial bosses, whereas the Final Fantasy Brave Exvius trials are really, really difficult. Yeah, I think we're going to pay for it this week with the uh, Rain story quest challenging mission, the bonus round. Definitely. Speaking of that, might as well talk about it. The day the spark was lit. What are your thoughts on the day the, the traitor was born? I haven't played it yet. I'm slightly so I have such mixed feelings about this because from what I already know from the story, I am heavily anticipating this to be extremely cliche and kind of in my heart right now, I'm feeling like it's going to give Rain his lame excuse for why he's doing what he's doing. Well, we'll have to wait and see, but but I haven't played it yet either, but I'm just thinking cuz Crimson, if you read his unit description, he was kind of a friend of Reagan and the Sworn Six or Sworn Eight. And it's just funny to me that he, it seems like Crimson was fighting for the people of Hess as well in the town. I don't know. But it, to me, it's just funny how Rain could just massively disappoint so many people all at once. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Maybe the story will redeem him. Sometimes they do a good job with that, like with Citrus' story. I felt that one was very good. I would agree with you. And so we'll see. 
That's my initial feeling just based on what I know from the main story quest. They might do a good job of really, you know, giving me that emotional drama that I need. Yeah, we all need a bit of emotional drama in our lives once in a while. There are two really good rewards coming here. Well, one really good reward, one meh reward. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Master's Targe, a light shield, which has auto heal on it. Not horrible, not amazing. Yeah, it's a decent auto heal, but it's not game changing. The main thing I'm looking forward to is Crimson's Coat. Yeah, I, I saw this as well. I love it. Uh, decent stats, amazing fire and ice resistance. I think it definitely will come in handy. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, 30% fire and 30% ice resist might come in handy during two of the recent trials that were just released. Yeah, I <clears throat> I just want to do a PSA because we didn't do one for Sid's story event. So this item, you get the recipe by clearing the story, but you also have to collect materials that drop while you're running the missions. So before the event ends, so two weeks from now, just make sure that you actually have the materials you need so that you can actually craft it so you don't miss out. I have an update for you. What's the update? Turns out that by pure chance, I did collect enough materials to craft that uh, Sid's Greaves or whatever. You know what saved you? You you gotta thank Bosch for being so expensive because materials drop in those uh, the Christ missions at the bottom as well. So oh, probably because while you were me. farming for Bosch, you got enough. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, based Bosch. Yeah. Fuse some uh, pots into him or something, or some trust moogles. Yeah, I'll give him something nice. That's for sure. I'll give him some more LB. LB yeah, LB um, pots. Yeah. Yeah, he needs those. <laughs> yeah, um, his LB definitely needs those. Continuing on that thought. You can only build one Crimson's Coat, so you don't have to over-farm it once you can craft one. That's enough. Yep. There is only one Crimson's Coat, after all. It's only one Crimson. That's about it for this story event in terms of the, uh, the, what am I trying to say? The equipment that you can get out of the actual event. Next week, we'll update you on our thoughts of the story just because it'll give us some time to play it and how those bonus stages go. They've been really, really hard recently, so I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what they bring this time. Yeah. Let's move on to the main event, the actual banner and the units associated with this With this event. We are getting Mirfas, Kianos, and Crimson. So we've heard of Mirfas in the main story from Rain's past. But we mm-hmm. haven't heard of these two other units, so we'll see what happens with them. So on this on this banner, there is going to be a step-up summon. It's a cheap one, so it's only, I believe... 12k. Yep, it's the typical 12k step-up with increased rates on steps 1, 3, and 5 for Crimson. And then you can do it twice at maximum. And one thing to note, too, for this step-up is that not only is the Crimson rate increased on steps 1, 3, and 5... But also the overall rainbow rate is increased on steps 1, 3, and 5, on all the way up to 7% on step 5. So it's not bad. I mean, they're really trying to get make this banner very appealing because we all know that Axstar is coming. Now, the question just becomes, like, is it worth it? And I mean, I've seen some people pull on this step up and get five crimsons on one step. So it just depends. I mean, if you if you want his STMR, which I think is a great great sword it might be worth it but if you don't have a lot of resources and you're saving for axstar then it might be a just good idea to hold on and wait yeah i agree with that main thing that i love about this is those increased rates i like that they're doing it it's nice to see regardless of if you like crimson or not i like the uh, improvements to the banner this doesn't make it a guarantee it doesn't make it like some crazy amazing deal it's way better than some of the previous step-up summons like uh, five, six months ago. So it's really nice to see kind of the development of the step-ups. Yeah, and I mean, the 12K step-up, uh, since it's kind of come out, since its inception, has been pretty well received. So it's nice to see them continue along with that, I don't know what to call it, with that trend. Yeah, definitely. And as you mentioned, Crimson, is he worth it? Is he not? That's definitely something you might get out of our discussion of the units. We'll cover them in some detail here, so let's get into it. Mirfas, the first unit, a cute little girl, 
Do you think you have to roll your R when you say her name? Like, I don't is know it, why. Is, I don't know. I'm just wondering. Well, what do you think? It, what You say it. I don't know. I can't roll my R's. Really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure you can. I can't. I'm a European that can't roll his R's. It's weird. That's kind of strange. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure you can. I can't. Try. That's pretty pathetic. Now, now try rolling your R's by by saying Mirfas. Mirfas. There you go. It's not bad. I can do it when it's short. I can't like roll them continuously. It's it's not going to be like Mirfas. It might be. You don't know. You machine gun the R. She just pulls out a machine. You know what they call me? Machine gun. Back home. Yeah. It's Mirfas. <laughs> okay all right that's it oh, okay let's let's move on to the the TMR. all right all right enough about talking about how to say her name let's talk about what she does she's bringing you bread what an amazing young lady to bring you precious delicious bread what does this do for you gives you 40 percent spirit oh not only 40 percent spirit it also makes you extremely vulnerable to water so just uh another psa for anybody listening, because we are getting into the warmer months in in a lot of uh, North America, where a lot of us are, just make sure if you're going to the beach, if you're going swimming, if you're going to the pool, don't bring any bread because it does make you more susceptible to drowning. Surprise you took it that way and not the more common way that you eat bread and you kind of get thirsty. I don't know. Like, how does thirsty make you more vulnerable to water? Because you'll do anything for the water, so you're more vulnerable. Yeah, but in that sense, so like, let's say you're up against Leviathan, and he hits you with a water jaw, and, and you got this bread equipped as, <laughs> as an accessory <laughs> for just, whatever just reason. Imagine this, dude. Imagine instead this. Instead of eating listen. the bread, you have it as an accessory. And yeah. So instead of that, like, if you were thirsty, that water would heal you, but instead it'll just going to destroy you even harder. Fair. I don't get the logic. I I give up. I think the, the freaking the real, bread man is confusing. The, the real lesson is if you have bread, just eat it. Don't wear it. Yeah. yeah. Don't wear your bread. Eat your bread. Don't put it. Don't wear it as a necklace. It's kind of weird. Yeah. If you do do that, I'm not judging you, but I am judging you at the same time. Let's talk about Mirfas and what she does. <laughs> Unfortunately, there won't be much more discussion than that. I mean, she's a healer. She's great at single target heals. But otherwise, and I, I don't mean just heals, but she does the usual, you know, support. She can remove ailments. She can remove attack, mag, defense, spirit breaks. And uh, she has a bit of MP sustain, but it's all single target and it's really not too amazing. It sucks because it's single target. If it was AoE, it, she would have been fantastic. So yeah, that's pretty much all there is to this girl. Even her even her limit burst is single target. It's really weird. Really, really strange. Like she focuses in on one person and that's the only person she can help. And that was Rain and that's why we're here. Well, let's move on from that TMR container. Um, Innocent girl trying to help ruins everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Let's talk about Kianos who seems a little bit more interesting. I love the sprite for Kianos because it, it gives me like old school Dragon Warrior vibes. I don't know why. Yeah, it kind of does, you know? The sort of round shield with the cape and then the, the sword over the back. It just, yeah, it just... The, when I first saw Kianos here, I just thought, wow, dra- like just Dragon Warrior. I don't know why it hit me like that, but it's definitely the vibe. No, I, I kind of see it. I, I definitely get what you're saying. She kind of has that aesthetic to her. Yeah. She has a TMR called Heart Overcoming Hatred, which is kind of appropriate because she kind of hates Aldor because of the way she's treated. Sorry, the way Hess is treated by Aldor. Perhaps in this story, this TMR will make a lot of sense. Yeah. Heart Overcoming Hatred, really good for LB gauge fill rate. So 50% extra LB damage and then also 1.5 LB gauge per turn. I yeah, think this... typically you get one, so one and a half isn't too bad. <laughs> the the this TMR is actually amazing. So if you remember Squall's STMR, it was uh, increased LB damage, and people wanted it like crazy. So having it on a four star unit and fifty percent at that is actually nuts because the way it works is it takes the multiplier of your LB and then it just adds fifty percent. So if your LB does you know twenty times damage, it now has a thirty times multiplier. So 
for all those LB-centric units that want to fire off their LB as much as possible, this TMR is amazing. Unfortunately, you can't stack it, but given how strong it is, it's it makes sense. So this TMR might be worth pulling for. I wouldn't waste my Lapis on it, but I might throw a few four-star guarantee tickets to try to get Kianos just for that TMR. If you do your dailies, chances are you will get at least one of her at some point. That's very true. One thing I do like about Kianos' kit is the fact that she actually has a chaining partner. Although it's not the best chaining family, it's Octoslash. Having chaining on any of these four-star or three-star base units is fantastic. It gives them kind of a place, even in this type of meta, where she can kind of allow you to build a chain for the really strong, few strong units you might have if you're a free-to-play or a newer player. Yeah, especially now that we have units like Sid in the game, or if you're lucky enough to have uh, Veritas of the Flame, he's been around for a while. He doesn't quite do the crazy damage Sid does, but he can fill that role decently. Where all you need is somebody who can build the chain. She doesn't necessarily do the most amazing damage, but if she can build the chain, then you have if you have that one strong unit that can finish, I think, yeah, like she'll, she'll have some use. I mean, if you have better units to chain, then obviously not, but for a four-star unit, I agree with you, I think. It's nice to see. It's nice to just give them a place in the world where, like, for example, you look at Mirfas and it's like, there's no situation where I would ever use this unit. Whereas for <laughs> whereas for Kianos, you can kind of be like, yeah, okay, there's a potential for using her given a specific situation. I mean, there's a, there's a reason to use Mirfas, okay? Here's how I would use her. If I was Laswell, I would just summon a team in the war of five Mirfas and then just watch... Aldor, kill her over and over again to torture Rain. <laughs> Psycho- psychological up. warfare. <laughs> You're so fucked up. Yeah, I don't, never cross me. <laughs> that is going out as a highlight. I'm going to clip that and put it out into the world. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, overall, Keanu's not bad, eh? Yeah, I was surprised. Uh, especially love her TMR, but her kit isn't awful. Overall, a nicely rounded four-star unit. An amazing TMR potentially one of the better four-star units that we get on banners like this. The final the final unit that we have is Crimson. He is our five-star base unit. Um, wasn't expecting to get him, to be honest. A lot of people were looking forward to Axstar this week or next week, potentially. So with this guy coming out, that does mean that the release of Axstar, of course is being delayed slightly from everyone's expectations. Yeah, I think people are saying that it's going to be delayed by about a month because uh, usually we get one of these story-type quests or events per month. So people are suspecting that the Axstar story will be pushed to May. Um, How do you feel about that? I know there's been a lot of uh, goings-on in the community regarding the delay. What are your thoughts? So I have some mixed feelings about it. So I do like it because it gives me time to save. I spent a lot on the Xenogears banner. So being able to replenish my stocks, I'm kind of happy about that. I'm sad about it because I'm worried that because it's being delayed even further, that he's going to get kind of power crept. So when he does come out, he's not going to be quite as strong as he is expected to be because there's more things coming out more development more power creep etc so it's kind of a double-edged sword here where i do get to save but i'm kind of worried that he's gonna get power crept similar to how ellie did i I think in people were expecting her to be the absolute best for longer and she is absolutely fantastic she's just not like number one for a really long time yeah i mean i don't know how long she'll be number one but she is currently number one But like you said, it's not by the massive margins that she was in the JP version. And I've never been one to compare us to JP. It's just because of these units being so highly anticipated, it's kind of like, okay, if I'm going to be pulling on this, is it going to be worth it at that time? Probably. It's just if it keeps getting delayed, you never know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, because we know those units are coming, it kind of devalues banners like this one. For example, Crimson, we'll talk about the unit itself, but I think he's a great unit. But it's just a lot of people won't pull because we know Axstar's coming and we don't want to throw resources into Crimson when Axstar is literally 
you know, he might be a month away now, but whatever, he's coming. When you know that a unit's coming soon that's better than this one, it's hard to convince yourself, like, yeah, I do want to pull. But who knows, maybe maybe Crimson will win me over with his story. So I can understand why they're doing it, though. Because one of the things the global version has been consistently praised for in the community is the way it handles the power curve. So in JP, we have these massive power spikes. So we go from Transterra to Ellie, right? That's the jump. That's massive. But when you look at global, we had Transterra, then Grimlord Sakura, then Sophia, and then Ellie. So the the curve, the power curve. So if you have Sophia, she only does a little bit less damage than Ellie overall. You know, you're happy. Doesn't matter. So I can see why they're rejigging it because Crimson will do more damage than most units we have now, but not as much as Axtar. So he's, it kind of smooths out the curve a little bit. Yeah, they're trying to make it less of like jaggedy peaks and more of a nice steady incline. I don't know. I can see both ways. The, the only sucky thing, I, I part of me wishes that they actually just caught up to JP early on. There's a couple things. I was thinking about this today. For example, the the new hard trial came out the the scorn of the dark beast the ifrit and shiva or whatever they are ifrit and siren i can't remember now um either way yeah ifrit and siren so i'm thinking how fun it would be to try to clear these blind figure it out and then like you know you can make videos about them you can post about them and talk to the community about them come up with strategies but a lot of that gets taken away because we've known about these trials for a long, long time, if you follow JP, there's already established strategies out there that you can just look up. Yeah, it kind of takes away from the fun. Exactly. So it's tough. I mean, I enjoy knowing what units are coming because it lets me save and choose where I spend my lapis. But at the same time, if I didn't know Axstar was coming, I would have been like, damn, Crimson's awesome. Like, I'm grabbing this guy for sure. Yeah, I, I would honestly, I definitely agree with you. And I didn't think about it that way. You've shed a lot of good light on it. It would be, in my opinion, much more fun to just hurry up, catch up to JP, take those giant power spikes. Doesn't matter. Let's get up there. And then we can do this steady curve incline where we don't have crazy spikes it's continue doing what we're doing it's just that people won't be able to kind of look ahead to the future anymore and like you said take away from some of that fun of being able to learn about the trials kind of see what's up with them along the way rather than having these already well-developed strategies and easy strategies or whatever i definitely agree with you maybe it's something that they will do one day I mean, who knows? I all I'm saying is I can under, like I'm bummed that Axar is uh, delayed because I was really looking forward to him, and I have been for a while. But at the same time, I can see why they rearranged it, just because that's been a trend in global where the power curve is less steep. Yeah, definitely. Oh, it's so tough because they have to balance this power curve, and it, it is better in my opinion having a nice steady curve instead of just giant spikes. But at the same time, like you were saying, it does devalue units like Crimson, who is overall a pretty great unit. It's just when you know when you know something's on the horizon, it's so hard to be like excited about it. Definitely. But let's jump into Crimson since we're kinda hinting at what he's like. What do you think of him so far? What's your impression? Overall, I think he's really strong. I wanna say that I love his seven star sprite. It looks so badass. Oh, his giant uh, blue flaming sword. I love this because we'll get into it, but he does fire and ice damage potentially. I just love everything about the pose. He just looks like he, you can see slight streaks of gray in his hair. So he just looks like that grizzled war, like weary veteran that's just seen a million battles. But he, yeah. just, he just looks so badass. Doing, like, I don't know. It's just, I love everything about this sprite. It just looks so cool. <laughs> you know what's funny? If... I'm not 100% sure about this. I'm going to find out right now. He reminds me of Reagan. That exact pose is Reagan's pose in his sprite, except one sword less. Like Reagan's holding two swords and Crimson has one sword, one giant sword. Yeah, it definitely does look like if Reagan had uh, darker hair and actually aged. Although Crimson apparently has been around for 700 years too. So I don't know what's going on with that. But maybe well, the, the cool story thing. will shed some light. Hopefully. The cool thing here is that he did fight as Reagan's subordinate. 
So it kind of makes sense. He was kind of one of Reagan's underlings. Reagan was highly revered back in the day. So I can definitely see how they might have a similar stance or a similar fighting styles. Yeah. I like that. I like. I love the lore. I love when the lore comes into these units, even in the details here, like the sprite. It, it kind of gets me excited. Yeah, it's nice. It's, it's, it's definitely a nice little cherry on top of the cake. What do you think of his TMR? I think it's excellent. 60%. So he gets 30% attack for using a greatsword, and then 30% attack if you're wearing either clothes or light armor, which opens up a lot of uh, really nice equipment to him. Overall, I think it's an amazing TMR. <clears throat> there are a lot of units besides Crimson that would love this as well because a lot of good damage dealers are greatsword users. It's a very, very popular weapon type. So overall, I think amazing. Definitely agree with you. His SDMR, you mentioned it earlier in the podcast, Centurio, a fantastic greatsword. Really, really strong. Yeah, one of the rare two-handed greatswords that is actually imbued with an element. So Centurio is fire element. The other one we have is Bahamut's Tear, which is lightning element. So these are kind of the two premier great swords for your true double hand damage dealers right now. Yeah, it's really strong. 175 attack, fire element. Allows you to have that elemental chaining on these true double hand or true yeah, true double hand users. But one trend I'm seeing, and we'll talk about this when we get into his kit, is self-imbue seems to be becoming more and more popular. It's strange to me because they also release units like Bart, and I would have rather seen them separate the two things, but I, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just from my own perspective, I enjoy having units do very different things and kind of rely on each other. Um, but we'll get into it a little bit here. Might as well talk about his yeah, kit. Let's, since you let's talk it. about, so since we're on the topic, he does have two abilities where he can imbue himself with either fire or ice. So the abilities are called ice riser or fire riser. He imbues, he does a bit of damage and he imbues himself with either fire or ice for five turns. So why I love that he has this is in the past, I criticized these high attack greatswords. For example, Cloud's STMR. It's an untyped two-handed greatsword with 180 attack, the highest attack in the game right now. I said, who the hell would you use it on? It's untyped, right? You could use it on a finisher and that's it. But units like Crimson, when you have that self-imbue, you can actually equip him with like the, the Squall TMR if you, if you have it, the, the Lion's uh, Lionheart it's called. Yeah. Or if you have some of the high-end STMRs, you can actually use it on this guy and still element chain which is, I think, really, really good. It's it's an awesome part of his uh, kit, I guess. Oh, definitely. I definitely agree with you. It's very strong being able to imbue yourself. The difference in chaining with elements versus untyped chaining is staggering. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's such a significant damage increase when you're doing elemental chains. It's It's ridiculous. So being able to do this in your kit while making use of some of the highest attack STMRs or TMRs or whatever that are untyped, it, it makes him very, very versatile, very strong as well. Yep, for sure. So both of these skills actually are also chaining skills. So the ice type skill chains with absolute mirror of equity family and the fire type skill will chain with divine ruination, which are two very, very common chaining families. Yeah, some of the biggest ones actually. And I mean, that's actually what you see throughout his kit. Those are his only two chaining families, but almost all of his damaging abilities have one of those two chaining families, which gives you a lot of options. Yeah, exactly. It's really nice to see that he's very thoroughly decked out in chaining. Like you can see 100% he's a chainer. Like there's no question about it. One other ability that he has is a fire imperil, 75% fire imperil which makes it a little bit better just relying on his own kit, a little bit stronger to use fire damage, but you do have the option of having ice damage should you need it. Yeah, and I mean, it's he definitely wants to use fire naturally because his uh, STMR is also fire-typed, and if you do equip a fire-type weapon, you can forego uh, one attack to self-imbue, so you can use one of his stronger abilities instead of one of the imbue abilities. But I think the nice thing about him is overall it, it doesn't hurt his output too, too much because he does have a double and triple ability where he can 
mix and match. So you can even do like Fire Riser. Even if you have an untyped greatsword, you can still do like Fire Imperil with Fire Riser and potentially a third attack all in one turn. And you can just get that out of the way. He has very, very little setup time for his damage. You know how like a lot of our uh, big damage dealers they need, sometimes need a couple turns to set up? With Crimson, he just kind of... He's almost good to go out of the box. He can set up in one turn and then just gets right into the damage. The one thing I don't know is uh, his... So if you have his TMR equipped, he gets triple cast at the start of the battle. I just don't know if that lasts permanently or if that's for one turn because I don't see any other way for him to access triple cast. If he does have uh, triple cast permanently with his TMR, I think his power goes up tremendously. From what I've been reading, it's a three-turn triple cast so you have it for three turns and after that it goes to double but i'm gonna hold back on that and just see what comes out when people have summoned him and what they say because preliminarily this was i read this before his actual release into the game into the global version uh that it is triple cast for the first three turns of the battle after that you only have access to the double cast yeah unless you use one tactic that i sometimes use with my transteras funny enough if you cast re-raise on a unit like this and then you kill him and he gets re-raised he'll have access to that again <laughs> it's really funny that's, yeah that's clever but it only works if you re-raise it doesn't work if you full life that's really interesting and I don't know if that's a bug, but it's just something that it works with Transterra. Maybe, maybe we should cut this part out because if, if it's a bug and, and we've outed it now. <laughs> yeah, editor, please cut that out. Strike that from the record. Um, I think, honestly, his ideal chaining partner is himself because he's got two cooldown abilities available on turn four that do massive damage, but they each chain with a different chaining family. So one is Divine Ruination and one is Absolute Mirror of Equity. And usually when you get chaining, like for example, our top tier uh, chainers, uh, let's look at Sora, who's one of the best right now. He does have Divine Ruination, but he also has a stacking uh, Absolute Mirror of Equity ability that he probably wants to be using. And he's also, <clears throat> so you probably want to use one or the other. Um, the same, for example, Jet, he's another really big one. He, he can only chain with the Divine Ruination portion. But if you could string these two together in one turn, with somebody who can, you know, do divine ruination and absolute mirror of equity in one turn, like Crimson can, you could potentially do massive, massive damage on your turn four. Yeah, definitely. It does help a lot if you can chain. Like his best, absolute best chaining partner, like you said, is himself. At least for now. You can still chain with other people. And I think there's a few other units out there that have divine ruination and absolute mirror of equity chaining. Yeah, I, I know like Sephiroth comes to mind, but he's a he's a dual wielder, so you can't use both in one exactly, turn, which is the drawback. You can always specialize into one. You know, if you're if you're using Jet as his partner, that's fine. If you're using any of the Absolute Mirror of Equity chaining partners, you can just focus on those abilities. It's it's also fine. Like I think he does a bit more damage with the Absolute Mirror of Equity chaining <clears throat> group of his skills, but. You know, Divine Ruination does good as well in a pinch. Definitely. The other really nice thing about Crimson, and as we mentioned, he can double cast or triple cast, is that literally every single ability is included in that. So you can use any single ability you want out of his kit twice or three times, except for the cooldown abilities. Of course, you can use them once each, but you can kind of mix and match anything you want, which is even, nice. Even his great slash combo, which is two separate attacks... You can actually double or triple cast that, which makes him actually pretty good in arena, I think. Yeah, really good in arena. He'll probably be really good actually for clearing some of those really long explorations as well, because it's a low MP cost yeah. ability for you to triple cast. So not too bad overall. He's really strong. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know how important this is, but he also can give his chaining partner 30% extra damage against demons. So I think overall that because he can weave that skill into his other skills all in one turn, usually it's worth using more times than not. I think it's definitely worth using. I mean, for three extra turns, or is it five turns? I think it's three. For three turns, your ally is going to be doing 30% more damage. So yeah, you lose one. You don't even have to lose the damage, actually, because it chains with Divine Ruination. You could chain this in with... Like, you don't lose almost anything. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, if he's fighting demons, he's actually a lot better than than against anything else. 
But even if he's not fighting demons, I think based on his numbers here and his triple cast, he's probably the best chainer out at this point. I think he's actually a little bit better than Sora and Jet. I, I'd have to look at the math, but just uh, looking at his abilities here, I just think he he probably edges them out by a little bit. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm pretty sure he is a little bit stronger than Sora and Jet, the other two really, really strong units right now. I mean, keep in mind, Sora still has to get his, like, not awakening, but his update to his actual strength. So anybody who, who has Sora, you I mean, you can just sit on Sora. He, he's going to become really, really good down the road. His unnerfing. Yeah, his unnerfing. <laughs> They're going to yeah. take off the, the weighted training clothes. Yeah, pretty much. Some other really exciting things about Crimson, just to build on some of his benefits. He does come with 100% fire resistance straight in his passive kit. Like, you don't have to do anything. He just has 100% fire resistance. That can be pretty useful, um, especially against things like Omega Weapon or against the free trials, things like that. It can be pretty nice. Yeah, definitely. Because you don't have to waste any equipment slots. Usually, you have to kind of take a hit to your damage to equip your units with elemental resist but with crimson if you're going into a fight where you want fire resist he actually doesn't have to take any uh, special equipment you can still equip him with the highest damage gear and get away with it exactly and on top of that a lot of demon killer even in his like active kit you can uh, buff his demon killer uh, percentage but in his passive he does get a lot of demon killer as well so very 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 strong when using or when fighting against the demon, I should say. Yeah, definitely. He's uh, He gets 125% passively, and then depending on the abilities you use, he can get up to 100% in his actual, uh, from his actual active abilities. Overall, his entire kit looks really, really strong to me. Probably the best chaining DPS that we have right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's funny, though, because what I was saying earlier, if you put the blindfold on, and you know, or you don't know anymore, that Axtar is around the corner, like next month is Axtar, I would be pulling for this guy. I think he's awesome. He's really simple to use. He doesn't need a lot of setup. Like, out of the box, really good. But I'm probably not going to pull because, you know, I know the future, basically, in FFBE, which kind of adds an interesting element to it. Yeah, that's the tough part, because when I read through his kit initially, I was like, wow, this guy's actually really strong. He'd be a really good physical chainer but then like you said knowing what's to come and of course in games like this you can say like oh well you always know that there's going to be power creep but you kind of expect the power creep to last a few months at least with physical units like three or four months you'll get use out of your guy but when i know that literally next month he's gonna get over over taken it's not if it was by just a little bit i'd be like yeah whatever like i pulled for heo and then a couple weeks later we had somebody stronger than heo but it wasn't by that much you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But Axtar is going to be, if, if things remain unchanged, he's going to be a significant amount stronger than uh, even Crimson. So that's that's kind of the, that's the big deal, so to speak, right? Unless there are going to be some more units in there to smooth the power curve. I don't know. Like, it's global. So we might get some global unique events. Who knows? Yeah, we'll definitely find out in the near future because we do get a lot of things that JP doesn't get along with enhancements and things like that, but we will see what happens overall. Final thoughts on Crimson Mini. I love him. I love his sprite, love his kit. I just wish that uh, I didn't. I couldn't see the future because if I couldn't see the future, I would, this guy is definitely somebody I would pull for because I just... I love everything about him. I, I was telling you earlier the his stance and his overall like sprite. I love it. I love his kit. Just great. What about you? I agree with you. Overall, he is pretty fantastic as a unit. Really strong. If you don't have any of the top tier physical chainers right now, and if you're not pulling on Axtar and not looking forward to Axtar, this guy's amazing. He he does everything you could want him to do. He has the option of doing unelemental chaining he has the option of doing elemental chaining he can equip any element weapon as long as it's a great sword it'll, it'll work really well on him very very versatile i like him a lot and then like you said the sprite the lore behind his whole thing get like i'm loving the little details like i am all about that yeah i'm more excited about the story to find out about crimson even though it's supposed to be like the the night the spark was lit or whatever and it the rain sort of the the focus 
to me, I just I look at Crimson. I'm just like, damn. Tell me about yourself. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. I'm more excited about Crimson than I am Where? about Rain, which is sad. Yeah. Where are you from? <laughs> yeah. What's your sign, baby? <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, that's it for the banner overall. A really strong unit coming out of it. A really good four-star TMR as well, and then a decent 12k 12k uh, step up summon. Like overall, a really good banner, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. I I, I agree with you. All right, Mini. Since we're coming up to the end of the podcast. Give me your takeaways from this week's episode. I just think people love a guy who's on fire and has a sword that's even more on fire. That's my takeaway. So if you want to impress your friends, just light yourself on fire and also get a really big sword that's on fire. You know, I I have to agree with you. When I think about some of the favorite units from RPGs in existence, for example, Cloud, the size of your sword definitely matters. And this guy's sword is pretty big. Yeah, and I mean... And it's on fire. It And it looks like he knows how to use it, so he's got the best of all worlds here. Definitely. Actually, the scary thing about Cloud Sword is it splits into multiple swords. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like eight swords in one. Yeah, scary stuff. Is that it for your takeaways? Yeah. Oh, do you want me to hear? I'll, no, so no, you don't have what, to. You don't have to. What, uh, you don't, what's your takeaway? You don't want to ask me. It's okay. No, You've already it? broken my heart. What's tell me your takeaway? All right, my main takeaways are that Mirfas is useless. What Kianos, you, you got nothing out of my diabolical plan how to win the war. Fuck, you're right. Okay, come on, man. Mirfas is secretly the strongest unit in this war between Hess and Aldor. Everyone thinks Weapon is the strongest and key player and factor to this war, but no, it is. The, the vision of Mirfas. So the vision the vision of Mirfas can win the war single-handedly. Kianos is ridiculously cool looking. Love the aesthetic. Oh, tell me and about then, it. I, just, I love that like old school uh, adventure kind of aesthetic. It's yeah, nice. it kind of looks like kind of a ragtag adventure, kind of pieced together a few things. It's really I like it. I get excited about it. <laughs> yeah, same and here. Then, and then Crimson's lore is like orgasmic for me i'm loving all the mini details like i can't stop thinking about it it's amazing yeah i agree man just so much cool stuff coming out of this banner or out of this week i should say yeah this week has a lot of great stuff lots of freebies lots of good units really nice stuff to be excited for in my opinion overall really good some drawbacks with stuff that we've talked about, like the Axtar delay and stuff like that, but not a huge deal. I'm not too bummed. Good or bad, depending on what side of the fence you're on, it it, it can be both good and bad. I see it as mostly good. I If I can avoid using my UOCs and save it for something I don't have the resources for but really, really want, I'd love to do that. So if, Axtar, if I get Axtar because I got to save extra Lapis, I'm going to be happy. Yep. Maybe I can finally seven-star my MS Nickel. That would be fantastic. You'd be a great unit to have. All right, Minnie, any final thoughts for our, not thoughts, but final remarks for our listeners out there? Yeah, as as always, you know, thanks, guys, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show, and uh, I'll see you next week. If you guys could take a second in your daily lives and just give us a rating. I want to know what you think about this podcast. Wherever you listen to it, just rate the podcast. Tell us what you think. That would be fantastic. And as Minnie said, we will catch you in next week's episode. Peace. See you next week. Bye.